The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I should just let Martin Luther preach this sermon for me because he says it better than I could. What I want you to remember today, what I want you to take away from today, is what he says especially in the last two verses of that hymn. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, he can harm us none. He's judged, the deed is done. One little word can fell him. And your courage in this battle, this battle against the devil and his demons, your courage in this battle comes from the fact that Jesus, having defeated the devil, is by your side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. The devil, as wily as he is, as much like a prowling lion as he is, seeking whom he may devour, he cannot hurt you. He cannot hurt you. You are perfectly safe because you are in Christ. And even more, because you are in Christ and have been equipped by faith with the word of God, you can actually wage war against the devil and against his demons, and against temptation, and against the power of sin in this world. You are a soldier fighting on the winning side. You are a soldier fighting for your captain who has gone before you and already defeated the enemy. I want to tell you a story that illustrates this for us, but first, just look at where we are in the gospel. Jesus is led by the Spirit at the beginning of our Gospel lesson, led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there's a little word that begins that Gospel lesson. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Then, that then is referring to what came right before, the baptism of Jesus. Just before Jesus is led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, he was baptized by John the Baptist, and the heavens opened up, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and the Heavenly Father said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And there, in the waters of the Jordan River, Jesus received his commission to be your Messiah, your Savior. 
But that good pleasure of God, this is my beloved son, what does that look like for Jesus? Immediately, the Spirit led him out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. One of the main things to observe about this story is that Jesus is not a punching bag for the devil. When he is tempted by the devil, he's not just there sort of sweating and enduring with all his might. He is there waging war against the devil. Jesus is the one who has victory. The devil can't hurt Jesus. Jesus is tempted, as we heard in the letter to the Hebrews, is tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Of course, no sin, because he is the very Son of God. What can the devil do against him? Jesus is not there just sort of fielding punches from the devil. Jesus is there attacking the devil. Attacking him in a way that is surprising and hidden. In a way that we need to pay close attention to. That is how you should think about your temptation, the temptation that you experience in this life. For in the very same way that Jesus, immediately after his baptism, when he heard these gracious words from God, in that very same way, you also, immediately after your baptism, are thrust into this world, sent into this life, to endure every manner of temptation. You wouldn't be tempted the ways you are if you were not Christians. The devil would have no time for you if you were already in his power. The devil would not work so hard to try to deceive you and lead you astray if you did not belong to Jesus. So when you are tempted, remember that your temptation is a sign of whose side you are on. The devil wants you back. And so he thinks that he is waging war against you. When in fact, what you are doing when you endure temptation, when you face temptation, when you resist temptation, you are attacking the devil. You're kicking him in the teeth. You're sending him with his tail between his legs, running. He cannot stand it. And you are fighting against him with weapons and with a power that is beyond imagination. So think for yourself. Think about the temptations that you experience in life. Think about them. And don't think about yourself as merely suffering something, enduring something, putting up with something, receiving blows from the devil. But when you think about those temptations, think about yourself as a soldier waging war. When you say no to temptation, you're launching missiles at the devil. You're hurting him where it counts. You're sending him running. You're a soldier in the Lord's army. Now there is a chance that you are sitting here this morning and you are not able to think of any temptations that you experience in life. There's a chance that you've never thought about temptation, that you've never really struggled against sin, that you've never thought, this is something I shouldn't do, and so you've put up a fight. There's a chance that that's who you are, in which case, repent. You are on the Lord's side. Your task in this life is to wage war against the devil by faith, resisting temptation. Pay attention. For he is after you. The devil is after you. He is trying to lead you astray, and you need to take up arms against him. You need to take up the weapons of God's word by faith. Jesus leaves us an example of how to fight the devil in our gospel lesson. And he leaves us an example which is similar to the example of King David. And this is the story I want to tell you that shows us what's going on when we face temptation in the following in the footsteps of Jesus. 
Before David was king, after he'd been anointed, but before he was king, you know this story very well. He went out to the battlefield to see how things were going for the Israelites. They were facing the Philistines. King Saul was leading them against the Philistines, but there was this giant, Goliath, who came out to mock and torment the Israelites. He blasphemed, spoke ill of their God, and he called them into battle. Send send somebody to fight me, he said. Send me your best soldier. We'll fight each other. Whoever wins, that army will have won. Sounds like a good deal, except that this guy was a giant. And the Israelites trembled. Worst of all, their king, Saul, who should have led them bravely into battle, he trembled as well. He sat on the sidelines, almost as if he is just sort of hoping that one day Goliath will go away. Not really thinking about what he owes to his people, not trying to protect them, save them from their enemies, not standing up for the honor of God's name, letting this uncircumcised Philistine say evil things about his God. David arrives at the battlefield, and you know how the story goes. He comes just visiting his brothers. His father had sent sent him to bring them some food. And he sees what's going on, and he sees the Philistine, and he hears him calling out, and he says, he's surprised. Why are you all just standing here listening to this? Why are you all just taking this? They think of themselves, those Israelites think of themselves as a punching bag. That they're there on the battlefield just to sort of sweat it out and hope that they can make it through. David has a completely different idea about what is going on. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he that he should defy the armies of the living God? Don't you know whose armies you are? Don't you know whose soldier you are? Don't you know who fights for you? The Lord God. Why are you afraid? David says to them. Of course, they need something more. They need someone to fight for them. And that is exactly what David does. King Saul hears that David is speaking so bravely and he calls him in and he can hardly believe how tiny this kid is. He's just a shepherd boy coming from the fields. And he says, well, you better wear this armor. And of course, the armor is too big for him. It's Saul's own armor. David says, I can't wear this. It is not fitting for me. He says, it doesn't fit, not just in size, but it doesn't fit the way that he's going to fight this enemy. And he approaches Goliath. And in some of the best words in all of Scripture, He argues with Goliath in a way that cannot be refuted. Listen, you you should memorize this if you can. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David says to Goliath, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. You come at me with sword and spear, just as the devil comes prowling with lies and with tactics of terror, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You think that this battle is going to be won by sword and spear, but I tell you, it's the Lord's battle, David says. You can do nothing against me. And of course, the story goes on. David picks up five smooth stones from the brook and with a single shot, fells Goliath, drops him dead, 
Completely unexpected. And people often think that David is some sort of an underdog in this story, but of course he is not. Why? Because he's fighting for the Lord, and the Lord is fighting for him. And here's the key for the, of the story for all of you sitting here today. David defeated the enemy of the Israelites, showed them that they should have had no fear. And what do the Israelites do in response? All the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout, took up arms, and they pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Sha'ariam as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. The soldiers who saw David, who saw David defeat their chief enemy, took up arms and followed him and finished the job. They finished off the rest of the Philistines. They saw what God was capable of in defeating their enemies. They saw what God was doing for them when the Lord was fighting for them. They saw how powerful even the name of the Lord is, how strong his word, and how mighty his promises. And they did not fear. But they followed the example of their champion, the example of their Savior. That is exactly what we should do when we see Jesus wage war with the devil. Starting today, as he is tempted by the devil in the wilderness all the way to the cross, where he suffers what God foretold in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent will bite his heel. Jesus dies on the cross, but in the end, as he is raised from the dead, we discover that his death on the cross is the death blow to the devil. Our enemy has been defeated. So now when he comes after you with temptations, when his demons, when his minions come after you with temptations, how should you think of yourself? Not as a punching bag, not just sort of hoping that he will go away, not just sort of biding your time thinking that this problem will take care of itself, but think of yourself as one of those soldiers who has seen his Lord defeat his enemies. Take up arms, put up a fight, say no, resist temptation. Why? Because your enemy has been overcome. Jesus shows us where our strength comes from. You heard him time and again. What does he do as he's doing battle with the devil? He quotes the scriptures. He knows the scriptures like the back of his hand. He wrote them, as a matter of fact. And that is the weapon that the devil cannot withstand. It's an essential weapon. And you see it in our lesson from the gospel. Because, of course, the devil knows the scriptures too. And in that second temptation, he tries to deceive Jesus by quoting the scriptures to Jesus. But Jesus knows them better. Know the scriptures. Know them better than the devil, so that when he tempts you, you can answer him. Cling to the scriptures, because they are a powerful weapon. Jesus shows you how they send the devil reeling. He cannot stand in the presence of God's holy name. He cannot stand in the presence of God's holy promises. He cannot withstand a faith that trusts in the goodness of God that trusts in a God who has kept his promise, the promise he made all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 and fulfilled all the way forward in the cross of Jesus, he cannot stand when you trust in Jesus. And so do it. Hear God's word. Believe it. Remember your baptism. Listen to your heavenly Father. Listen to your Savior. Eat and drink his body and blood, taking up the weapons of righteousness. Taking up faith, which will send the devil running. Jesus defeated our enemy, just like David did. In fact, there's this interesting parallel. The, uh, Goliath is wearing some armor, some mail, 
a coat of mail. And the word that's used to describe it sounds something like scales. It's like he's wearing scales, like he's a serpent, which is just an interesting bit of foreshadowing, showing what's going to happen. When David laps off the head of that Philistine, he's giving us a picture of, of what Jesus is going to do as he crushes the serpent's head. As he endures throughout his life, he is not just sort of sweating it out, hoping that the devil will go away, but he is waging war against the devil. The battle has been won. Now, we have been given the joyous task, the joyous task of those soldiers who followed David, the joyous task of following our Lord into battle with a shout, with confidence, with courage, because the devil has nothing on us. We have all of the weapons. We have all of the victory. Think in your life of those moments of temptation. Think of them, and think of them in this way. When you encounter them, do not just merely suffer through, but fight. You have a champion who has fought for you. The battle is yours. The victory has been won. To him alone belongs all glory, now and forever. Amen.